Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the What For Buzz podcast. It's just me today, Tom. However, I've got a special guest, uh, Kieran Maguire from the Price of Football podcast. You'd probably be aware of his work. He's very prolific on Twitter and unfortunately he has had to tweet about Watford quite a bit in recent times. He is, I think, the authority on uh, football finance in this country, so he very kindly gave up some of his time to talk us through Watford's latest accounts, everything that we need to know, and a lot of stuff that we probably didn't know as well. Uh, I started by asking Kieran, what were the headlines that Watford fans really had to know? Well, it's a lot better to be in the Premier League than it is in the Championship. You don't need to be a rocket scientist <laughs> to, to to understand that. Uh, revenue more than doubled. Uh, yeah, a little bit of that was due to coming out of COVID. But the main reason is the big gap between the Premier League TV deal and that of the EFL. I thought for me the other thing which which took me back a bit was wages were far lower than the last time Watford were in the Premier League and, and I was a little bit surprised. Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying the club didn't go for it in trying to uh, you know stay up, but the fact that wages were down yeah good good twenty percent um, the clubs had a net negative spend which is unusual for a club yeah. when it gets to the Premier League um, and, and I think of course there's still the the ongoing strange relationship between Watford and Udinese um, which uh, can benefit the club at times and other times isn't necessarily in the club's best interests so I think those were sort of for me the the main takeaways um, they, they didn't lose a lot of money uh, because the wage bill was so low. Uh, so, so that's good. But the fact that just be, you know, just having been promoted to the, the Premier League, and then I'm saying, yeah, losing 300 grand a week is actually quite good, <laughs> is, is I, I think I've, I've become sort of insulated from the, the lunacy of, of the numbers because all I do is, is comment upon club after club after club Losing huge sums of money, and we're saying, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. Look, it's, well, what what was it quite good? Because you know, Chelsea lost one hundred and twenty-one million. And you go, "Hold on, didn't Chelsea win the World Club Championship? They they were the reigning uh, Champions League holders, and they got into the uh, and they got into the Champions League for for twenty-two, twenty-three, and they lost one hundred and twenty-one million quid." And you go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah,", yeah. and you, and you just 
you just treat it as if uh, it, it's it's monopoly money, and I think that's that's probably the the other thing. And whilst I yeah, I appreciate we're drifting slightly away from Watford, if you look at the three clubs who were pr- promoted from the Championship mm. to the Premier League last season, between them they lost 174 million quid, and that's despite two of them being in receipt of parachute payments. And I, th- I think that's indicative of a, of a broader issue. You know, people talk about parachute payments being the problem and the cliff edges and so on. What what we now have is that at the elite end of football, it's become a billionaire's playground because each of those three clubs, you know, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, um, and Fulham are owned by billionaires and to a certain extent that's that's what you need in order to a survive and to a certain extent get to uh, the premier league and i don't think that's good for football no there's definitely a debate at the moment amongst Watford fans about what the owner Gino Pozzo is in it for and that point has been made you know he's not a billionaire so mm. he can't compete and he's not a Watford fan so it's not kind of uh, out of sheer love and, and mm. using your own kind of model of, of why football owners get into it in the first place, you can reasonably assume that it's for for profit or for just total insanity, I guess, on, on that basis <laughs> and leave yes. it to Watford fans to work out which it is, maybe a combination of both. Um, the fact that kind of commercial revenue obviously shot up as we would expect, match day revenue went up, etc. All the kind of the bonuses of being in the Premier League, as you say, the Salaries came under control, and I thought it was interesting that the kind of salary to turnover ratio fell significantly from the mm. championship. And I guess kind of legacy of Premier League contracts and so on. Despite all of that, they still failed to record a profit, and as you say we're losing money every week. Is that a concern, or is that, as you kind of say, just the cost of doing business at, at this table, this particularly expensive table? Um, I think I think you're exactly right. I mean, what you can do on occasion. Is to um, is is to have an air shot to effectively say we're not going to try at all to stay up this season. And Norwich have done that on occasion, and Burnley have done that on occasion. And what we will do is we will use a season in the Premier League to effectively hoard money with a view to if we stay up, it's a bonus. But actually, we're budgeting to be relegated with with a view to looking at two seasons down the road where we think we can build a stronger squad and get promoted again and that second time we go up we will be in a uh, in a stronger position and what what a depressing thought that is mm. you know for, for clubs to effectively have to say uh, before this before a ball is kicked that our summer budget is going to be very very low um, and Watford's uh, yeah, Watford spent twenty-four million pounds on players in twenty-one, twenty-two. That can—that's a third of what they spent in twenty twenty. Um, so, so yeah, what what is a what is an appropriate level of spending? Um, unless you go down, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Brighton fan. Un, unless you go down the money ball route, yeah, the mm-hmm. clubs such as Brentford and Brighton who have an algorithm-based model um, when, when it comes to player recruitment, and, and they're they're looking at. Uh, yeah, numbers in a different light um, and, and what what the commentators don't see is that those clubs will perhaps sign 15 players um, in in sort of the the naught to five million pound bracket and you just need two or three of those to work and the other and, and, the, and the other 12 who, who then get sold on not everybody forgets about because all of the focus is on the success so it, it's uh, it, it, it is a depressing 
Uh, I, I, I'm very lucky that I, I love, I genuinely love what I do. I, I genuinely get excited first thing in the morning when I check my company's, company's <laughs> house feed to see what's coming in. Uh, but if you take a step away and look at it from you know, a, a much broader love of the people's game, and I think this is one thing which I think we all share, especially for clubs such as Watford and Brighton, because you know, we're not in it for the glory, are we? we, no. we and it, it's, it's a life sentence. Um, whereas those people, and I'm, and I'm not having a pop at the tourists, those people who pick certain clubs, and I won't even name them, but you know who, what clubs mm. I'm talking about, um, do it because their lives uh, is, is forever in the reflected glory of the success of those clubs. But there's no, there's no true emotional link. They're just glory seekers and day trippers. And I, you know, I, I hold them in, in complete contempt. Um, <laughs> football's, all. football's all about misery. Football, football's all about tension. You know, those clubs that are four up after 20 minutes, where's, where, where's the joy in sort of, you know, you're constantly looking at your watch when you're one nil up you know, after an hour and, and every, every minute seems like half an hour. Uh, that, that's what football's all about. It's biting, well, you, bite, biting your nails. Yeah, exactly. And I've got none left after this season. Um, yes. <laughs> um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me as a layman, very much a layman, was early on, other operating expenses rose from just over, or just under 28 million, I should say, to a touch over 44 million. What does that comprise and why would that have risen? Um, your, your other operating overheads, and, and I think the way that Watford send, set out their numbers um, doesn't help ah. <laughs> uh, on occasions, if, if I'm honest. Um, it's, it's, it's your general overheads, um, and that will be, first of all, you'll have higher match day costs because this is the first post-COVID season. But match day costs aren't as... Uh, aren't as high as people think. Yeah, let, let's say that you've got 250 stewards, which you didn't have the previous season, and you're paying them £12 an hour, and they're on a you know, four-hour shift. You, you do that 25 times. It doesn't actually amount to a huge amount of money. Um, but there, there are sort of you know, broader costs to be incurred uh, being a member of the Premier League. So you, you have to have uh, a greater emphasis on looking after the, your media partners. Um, you, you, for example, when you when you go back up to the Premier League, you there are very, very strict rules as to the amount of space that has to be allocated to the broadcasters, you know, the number of big trucks that they that they have for outside broadcasts. Sometimes you have to upgrade your um, some of your facilities uh, in, in terms of the the increasing demands of broadcasters for high res, uh, you know, the number of nits in terms of lights, uh, and, and the, these costs sort of go under the radar. Um, but it's a constant challenge for clubs, mm. and and then you've also got you know amortisation and bits and pieces. If uh, if you are promoted and one of the things that you do is that you insure your players, for example, well, your insurance costs in the Premier League tend to be higher because you've you've recruited um, you know, a, a, a higher value of player mm. and you've got to commit to paying a higher level of wage than, than when you were in the championship. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You mentioned the COVID word earlier, I believe. Obviously, this was the first seat. This covers the first season that we didn't kind of have to worry too much about COVID. But is there any kind of hangover that we can assume has impacted these results from previous year or two? Yes, I mean, I think the best comparative for Watford is is to look at the twenty nineteen uh, season uh, because that was that was unaffected by COVID. Um, and what we do see is match day income is is still lower than than it was uh, that year. Um, in terms of the commercial income, Watford are up to something strange in terms of, because if you take a look at the Premier League uh, website, it says that Watford received one hundred and two million pounds in TV money, mm-hmm. and, and Watford themselves say, "Oh no, we didn't. We received far less than that." And, and they appear to have allocated some of the TV money. To, to commercial income. So it is, it is a bit confusing. Mm. Um, and it, it, it makes my job harder, yeah. which, which is fine. I like a challenge, Watford. Yeah, if you want to give me a challenge, that's fine. Um, but there's, there's sort of just your, your, your broad overheads um, of, of running a, a business at the elite end of an industry. Um, and, and that goes. I mean, what, what did surprise me was that the... Uh, the, the amortization costs, and I, I get very giddy about amortization. <laughs> but but all amortization is saying is that if you sign a player on a twenty million pound contract, yeah, you, twenty million pounds is the transfer fee, four year contract, which is yeah, that's likely to be the ballpark that Watford are, are moving in. You say, well, each year it it works out as twenty divided by four. It's costing us five million pounds a year. You effectively say, well, yeah, what's the what's the rental cost of yeah. the player over the life of the contract? Um, and those costs went down in 2022, so it was lower than it was in the championship. And this is uh, another thing which which sort of 
does make me seem a little bit confused in terms of Watford's strategy. At the end of 2020, the squad had cost, and this was the side that was relegated, the, the, the cost of the squad at the end of that season was £223 million. Mm. End of 2022, it's down to 157 Yeah, That's a pretty sizable reduction. Uh, now, you know what you see on the pitch far mm. better than I do, but I, I suspect you'll say, well, yeah, we could see that. Yes, because 100%. It, it, we, you know, in in twenty twenty, we were probably yeah you know, we consider ourselves to be a bit unfortunate to be relegated. And again, when I'm looking at the numbers here, and and my figures when it you know people like to talk about players' wages, I use a little calculation to get a rough and ready. And this is rough and ready. Uh, you know, in twenty twenty, the average wage was just under forty five grand uh, a week. In twenty twenty two, it was thirty seven. So that's that's mm. quite sizable. That's interesting. Yeah, I th- I think. The kind of retrofitting that information, as you say, it does make sense in what we saw. We were absolutely hapless in 21, 22, whereas in uh, 1920, no one would argue that we deserve to go down, but um, it was certainly a much more close run thing. We took it yeah. really to the final minutes of the final day against Arsenal. So, and the quality of players, it, 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 was, players it, was, yeah. it was apparent, yes, certainly. Yeah, it, it, it was a whimper in 21, 22. Yes. I mean, I, I remember going to. Vicarage Road to watch Brighton play, uh, you know that that season, and, and I was, I, I was staggered. You just didn't seem interested. No, and this was still with you know a good few matches to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing that probably concerns Watford fans the most, quite apart from the fact we're evidently going to be in the Championship next year, and that's going to have an impact on the accounts in twelve months' time, is the number of loans and the volume of borrowing. Um, as you always say in your own excellent podcast, The Price of Football, and if anyone hasn't uh, given that a listen, they really, really should. Watford appear on it from time to time. Um, we have, that borrowing is at £124 million at present, if I read it correctly. There are a lot of loans, as we know, from Macquarie, who you've mm. tweeted about quite a bit in the past. For, those, for the uninitiated, what can you tell us about Macquarie, um, first and foremost? Um, well, they are a specialist lender to the entertainment industry. Um, Macquarie are an Australian investment bank. They are sometimes known as the vampire kangaroo. Um, and, and the reason for this is that if you take a look at some of their history, yeah, and, and I got to re, re, reinforce this, in the non-football world, um, it, it is a bank which uh, is pretty hardline. It, it, it doesn't worry about what anybody says about them. And, um, you know, they, <laughs> they'll, 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 quite, they'll quite happily take your house if, if, if that's part of the business deal. Mm. So what Macquarie do is, is as follows. They, they give um, the equivalent of payday loans and they get very, sent, they get very up, upset when I refer to them as payday loans. But these are corporate payday loans. And the reason for this is as follows, is that if you have sold a player or if you have you know, guaranteed Premier League TV monies coming in for the next you know, two years, for example, if you get relegated, you, you, you'll, you'll get two years of parachute payments. What Macquarie will say is, well, you know, you've got uh, you know, £41 million due to come in 22-23. You've got a minimum of 34 the following season. That's £75 million. Tell you what, we'll lend you, say, you know, £50 million, um, And when you get paid by the Premier League, that money comes to us first and, and you get whatever's left over. Um, 
and and this is good it's good for cash flow for Watford it's I think it's it's useful for clubs that, that are having a cash crisis it, it can be seen to be beneficial if you are looking to have some significant uh, infrastructure projects for example but but Watford didn't spend a lot of money on what you would call big infrastructure um, uh, in in 21-22. So that's that's how the, the, the it operates, and they they will charge you um, a normally a pretty high rate of interest. Um, but looking at Watford overall, that they've, they've they've got loans to Hornets Investment, which is the holding company. Um, and why are they paying their holding company interest? Yeah, that, that seems intuitively uh, a little bit strange. But Macquarie itself, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not bad. You know, I, I might have a bit of you know, fun, <laughs> sort of mischief <laughs> when, I, when I refer to them. But if, if, if they weren't doing it, then you'd Somewhere have to say, well, well, yeah, or, or even worse, no one else would. Mm. Because if you take a look at the position of the commercial banks, yeah, the likes of NatWest and Barclays and so on, they don't particularly want to lend to football clubs because worst case scenario, they do lend to the club. The club then gets into financial difficulties. The bank manager then calls in the loan. Mm. And if you are the bank manager of Barclays or HSBC or NatWest in Watford, and you are seen as the person that's called in the loan or even worse, put the club into administration, um, A, you're going to have fans putting it through your windows, and, and B, you know, perhaps a third of your customers are, are Watford fans, and they say, well, if that's the way you're treating Watford FC, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. So so the, the domestic commercial banks um, are very wary of lending to the football industry because what's in it for them you know you always look at things from a lending point of view is yeah how much should i lend what interest should i charge what happens if things go wrong you know what can i recoup the the money on and you can say well hold on isn't a football ground you know football club got a stadium and it's got facilities and so on yeah but it's also got fans and those fans happen to be customers of Watford Football Club um and so not fact they're fans of Watford Football Club but they're also customers of Barclays mm. and HSBC your reputation can go through the floor so on that basis, Watford's ability to repay these low, keep up with repayments is the key thing, as you always kind of say on, on the pod. Is there any kind of cause for concern there for you that you can see kind of problems developing down the line? Or are you kind of satisfied that there's nothing setting off your spidey senses that there's a problem there? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm relatively relaxed. The total loans are 124.2 million, but... Um, the majority of that is to the parent company. Yes. So, so you know, the, the Pozzo family, you know, they are inscrutable. Nobody quite knows what their motives are. We've, you know, we've had this discussion. But but it's not in their interests for, for Watford Football Club to, to have a financial crisis. Um, the, the other loans aren't, aren't great, but you, you also have, and it's a terrible thing to say, we're talking about you know, young, elite, professional men, athletes, You've also got some saleable assets, mm. um, so I, I don't see you know combination of parachute payments and and sell, selling you, you, your, your best players at the end of the season um, it is always sort of a, a way of of digging yourself out um, from from any from any cash issues. 
Yes, I think that's precisely what concerns Watford fans as well. That if we if it push comes to shove, we've got Ismail Assar, we've got João Pedro. These are players that will fetch a fee, probably not as much as they might have if we got promoted, but could be uh, could be used to, to to fill these holes. Um, the the loans to the parent company or the loans from the parent company, I should say. Scott Duxbury has stated, and it is echoed in the accounts, that these will never be called in. Yeah. The amount fell slightly between twenty one and twenty two. Can can you give any insight into why what happened there? Why that would be? Is it? Yes, it's, um, it's it, it, it's as much as anything to do, you know, sort of with the relationship with Udinese. Uh, you know, a little bit of cash flow. It's it's it, it's completely benign. Uh, you know, my, my concern is always with with third party relationships, mm. um, unless the owner's personal circumstances deteriorate to such an extent. Um, and, and there is one club in the EFL of which I'm aware that has happened, but that's not gone public yet. Mm. Uh, and it's it's not Watford. That's all you need to know. And, well, and, and, and I don't want to raise Watford fans' hope. It certainly isn't Luton either. <laughs> um, but it, it's just sort of a, a housekeeping issue as much as anything else. Fair enough. You know, the obvious elephant in the room is that these accounts cover last season. We won't know mm. the full impact of relegation until this time next year and the fact that we're almost certainly going to be in the Championship again in 23-24. That's going to take some getting used to saying. What are there, what's the kind of, if I can get you to look into your crystal ball, what does the kind of outlook look like in, in maybe 12 months' time? How, how will we be reflecting on the, the impact of that at this stage next year? Well, we're always looking in the... The rearview mirror when you're looking at accounts. Yeah, we're talking about uh, quite a long period of history. Uh, I, I would anticipate some significant cost cutting. Um, I think it could be a, a bumpy summer in terms of the player trading model, uh, with uh, you know more more leaving than coming in mm. in cash terms or rather in, in transfer fee terms. So that that's not going to uh, yeah, put a smile on uh, fans' faces. Yeah, I, I appreciate that uh, we we have become sort of transfer junkies to a certain extent, and, and we equate more spending with successful spending. But that's not always the case. And, and I give you Everton, and I give you Chelsea as as prime examples. You know, on, on a much bigger scale. Um, so I think what the club has to do is to have have a strategy and stick to it in, in terms of what it wants to do in terms of talent recruitment. And, you know, whilst it's a standing joke, that's a problem at Watford in terms of your coach <laughs> yep. or coaches or many coaches um, and trying to work out the strategy there. Um, you know, if it's a bit like, you know, you get you're building a house and you're bringing in three or four different architects uh, during the case and it ends and you and you look at the finished product and you go that, that's a monstrosity <laughs> so um so whilst we have seen i think unparalleled levels of management changes um not not just in the championship not just at watford uh it is not a strategy which, which tends to work. And the reason why owners do it is, is, A, it takes the heat off them, and B, they will point to, well, you know, look, what, look at what De Zerbe has done at Brighton. You know, look at what uh, yeah, Emery has done at Villa. Um, and they've come in mid-season and they've turned that, that club round. But, and, th- and then they forget, you know, Nathan Jones 
at Southampton. Yeah, how long did he last? Yeah. And, and he cost Southampton three. You know, I know the word Luton's a sensitive subject for, for Watford <laughs> fans. You know, Luton got three million quid for that, and they they must be just crying with laughter. Yeah. Brighton Brighton got twenty one and a half million compensation for Graham Potter, who is a thoroughly good guy, by the way. You know, yeah. anybody that's ever met him, anybody that's ever heard him talk, he, you know, and, and Nathan Jones, uh, he used to play for Brighton. He's insane. But he's he's not a bad person, and you know nobody sets out to not win football matches um, as a coach. Uh, but constantly changing things when people coming in with different philosophies, different doesn't necessarily mean better. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But it's a huge gamble, and it's a very expensive um, experiment for for owners. Um, and that's yeah. Every time a manager leaves, they have to have reach a settlement. There'll be a termination clause in the contract. And, and that's more money effectively leaving the club where you're getting no return whatsoever um, on, on those, that particular spend. 7.8 million in the last, in that set of accounts, wasn't it? Which is a thoroughly yeah. sobering figure. You think that could have bought a player or two, the striker we desperately need. Um, the final couple of questions, Kieran, before I let, let you get on with the rest of your day. Is there, firstly, is there anything that we've not covered that is worth kind of flagging from your point of view? You've obviously gone through these in great detail. I haven't the capacity to do that. So what might we have missed if we just went through it quickly? Um, I, I think Watford did pretty well. Yeah, that You mentioned their wages to income. Yeah, that was broadly in line with sort of that period 2016 to 2019 when they, when they were initially in the uh, Premier League. So I think they, they do have a, a decent model. Um, it looks like uh, relegation doesn't impact upon the boardroom uh, in terms of the remuneration there, because uh, if you look at the, the figures here, 2020 highest paid director, 953 grand, had to take a 20 grand pay cut in the championship, oh, and then back to 966. Um, so so what, what are you getting for uh, a million quid? And, and executive pay is, is a strange one because uh, Bournemouth, paid their chief executive two million in the championship um and you go well actually you know, all that you're doing is that you're just taking the money from your russian owner and, and giving it to the manager to spend now i, I could i could I'll, I'll do that for a million you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can i can i can do that um so i, I think those probably are the the main areas yeah we've, we've looked at players we've looked at the cost base um they're there, there, there is this strange relationship with uh, uh, the the owners in that you know, they're borrowing money and repaying money um, a lot during the year. But that's as much as anything else to sort of it reflects the bank of mum and dad uh, approach to football is that if you think about running the football club itself, your your biggest costs are your wage costs, and and they're broadly the same every month, and your overheads. You know, they're broadly the same every month. But if you take a look at the money coming in, you get a big surge on season ticket renewals. You get a big surge end of July, end of June, start of July, when you get the first amount of money from the Premier League itself. Because what happens, and, and this is this is something which I don't think people are necessarily familiar with, um, what, what have Sky and BT Sport got to do over the course of the summer? Yeah, there's no football. And, and yes, okay, we watch a bit of cricket, we watch a bit of this and the other. But um, so, so therefore, it's in the interests of the broadcasters to have a really vibrant transfer market because it 
gives us something to talk about. So the broadcasters give money to the Premier League at the start of the window. The, the Premier League gives a lot of that to the clubs to allow them to go out in the market. So the money coming in is very lumpy. You get this big payment in, in June, July. You get another one in around about January. And, and the rest of it is actually quite low. Your sponsors tend to pay you at the start of the year and then not for the rest of the year. So can you see, the, if, if you're looking at, you know, January is a terrible month when you talk to, to finance directors. You know, October can be a pretty bad month as well because you've got two home fixtures in, in October. January, you could potentially end up with, with just one home fixture because you, you get the third round of the FA Cup, you go away, you get knocked out by you know, Barnsley or you know, Mansfield and, and, and nobody's watching it anyway, so you get no gate receipts. That means you've got a free Saturday in, in January. So, so January is a terrible month, potentially for football clubs, and therefore you need the cash to come in. And, and that's what we do, do tend to see when you've got sort of the... Uh, that particular relationship with the with the owners in terms of funding, so I think that that sort of a, uh, might explain why the numbers do seem so strange. You got money coming both in and out. That's interesting. I'd never considered that. So perfect. Final thing then, if you had to give Watford an overall kind of financial health score, A being the best, and and work your way down from there, what what would you say, Kieran? Um, I'd probably give it a C plus. They do have good cost control. Um, they are, and I, I give that C plus looking at the class as a whole. Yeah, if, if I was to look at it compared to other industries, it would probably be a D because it, it, you're losing 300 grand a week. But in the crazy world of Premier League football finance, losing 300 grand a week is, is, is deemed to be moderately successful. Um, so they didn't gamble. They, they didn't do uh, a, a Fulham of three or four years ago when they spent £100 million in the transfer market and still got relegated um, and, and were left with, with huge legacy issues. You know, Fulham lost an absolute fortune last season. Um, so so that's, that's where we are. Um, it, it, it's, not, it's, it's not great. It, it is reliant on the owners. It is, uh, you know, they've had to go out and, and seek external funding. Uh, without using that external funding for long-term projects which which is always always an issue for me i always say to people if if you if, if i take out a four hundred thousand pound loan to buy my groceries and go on holiday that's a problem if i take out a four hundred thousand pound loan because i'm buying a house for you know six hundred thousand and that loan's going to be repaid over 25 years then then it's okay. So you try to match the borrowing to the project. And here, I would say, you know, trying to work out the logic behind the borrowing when, and again, you, you might be able to correct me here, I'm not seeing any big infrastructure prospects, uh, projects at, at Watford. Uh, that, that, that's a little bit of a cause for concern. No, absolutely. There's nothing going on in that regard that we're aware of anyway. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, C plus is better than I was expecting. So uh, well, certainly more optimistic than when I started this. So thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you ever so much for your time. It's really greatly appreciated. And as I say, if you aren't already a listener to Kieran's podcast with Kevin Day, Price of Football is everywhere and it's fantastic. So do check that out and also give his book a read as well. Um, it will send you to sleep. <laughs> I mean, I did read it before bed, but there's no, there's no correlation there, I find. Excellent. Kieran, thank you very much. Really do appreciate that. Thank you, Tom, and all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. Take care.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.